Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? Today is a glorious day, Amy. It is? Tell me why. It is. Absolutely a glorious day. Well, for one, the Masters is this week, and that's yes, going on that's right, right. Now. That's right. And I can sit at the house, and I can work on my computer, and I can have the Masters playing in the background. That's right. And that's that just makes everything better. And it feels right because when they yes. did the sort of later Masters, you know, last time with yeah. no with no fans and no azaleas, like it just wasn't right. It didn't. It it, it, it was a little off. I yeah, agree. it just didn't even seem right. So yeah. It's a, it, it's a great weekend. Yes. Yeah. So I, I do have one bone to pick with my church right now. They scheduled a deacons meeting Sunday afternoon at like 3.30, right in the middle of the final round. Oh, man. That's so tough. Somebody's up for church discipline. I, I'm not quite that's sure tough. who that is, but we're going to figure that out and I can remember I've had some Sundays where, uh, especially if there's a, like a Sunday evening you know, service, and I would... I would have the TV on all the way until I walked out the door. I would be recording what was happening. And then I would get to church. And I, I remember I had, when we were in Virginia, we had this great uh, church member who I was like, don't tell me anything. Cause I think maybe he had his phone or something. And I was like, do not tell me one word of what happened. Cause then I've raced home and trying to stay off, you know, cause you want to watch it, watch it end. And it's that, that's the one, one hard part is that a lot of times Sunday afternoons we miss the ending. So yes. yeah. Yeah. So well, what you're saying is what you're saying is if I see it, I should not text. I should not text you what happened. Oh, if, if you don't think I'll have it streaming on my phone while I'm in the deacons meeting, you're, you're foolish. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> I'm not going to mention what, former SBC entity head that you and I both worked for uh, was streaming a football game in the middle of a wedding when I was sitting oh, behind I've, him. We've had this story before. Yes. So that's uh, what he, so he actually, well, there's a better one. He, he was streaming another football game one time and it was in a wedding that he was actually doing. Oh wow. That's that's pretty intense right there. That's pretty intense. So he he had he may or may not have had a a TV, a small little black and white TV in the pulpit of the church from where he was giving his That's a, that's wedding unbelievable. Sermon. Well, or I was, was at a funeral. It might have been a funeral. Well, I was sitting behind I was sitting behind him and his head was down throughout this wedding. Um but we won't mention his name. We'll just say that you're you, you you learned from you learned from the best if you take if you stream that during the Deacons meeting. So yeah, and also today should be a national holiday, and that's all. Yes, well, because the new Taylor Swift album's out, so you know. Well, I'll also have that going. Okay, all right. Well, let's let let's get started. Okay, should should we jump into things? We sure. should. We got some news this week. You got another candidate, Amy, to talk about uh, an announced candidate for first vice president. We'll get to in just a minute. But before we do that, we do want to thank our sponsors over at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. 
Whether you are pursuing a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. You can find out more about Southwestern over at swbts.edu. Looking forward to seeing a few of those folks up in Indianapolis next week, Amy. Be up there for the Gospel Coalition Conference. And uh, I bet Ed Stuckey and his team will be there in Indy. Yeah, I, I would guess so. I'm hearing a, a lot of folks headed to Indy. We're, uh, we're dog-sitting here at our house for Julia Higgins at Southeastern because she's headed to Indy and uh, hearing from other people up there. And so I would bet that Ed Stuckey will, will be up there as well. So lots of stuff yep. going on this week. Supposed to supposed to go to a Midwestern event next week that they're having, so yep. I'll be at that and a you couple know, other things going on. So looking forward to seeing yeah. some people that haven't seen in That's a really right. long time. That's right. So let me give you a recommendation, and if anybody who's who is at the conference this weekend and hears the podcast, it's for them too, because um, I was getting texts from the Southeastern admissions team last night because they were already there. Shapiro's Delicatessen on Meridian. Okay. It's about a mile right. or so from the convention center. Uh, you will not regret it. You'll thank okay. me. Yes. We'll check it out. Yep. Very, very so, good. All right. Well, I'll I'll see if we can make that happen. So George Schroeder and I are going up there with John Wilkie from our team to kind of do some uh, checking on how they're handling crowds with COVID-19 restrictions and all that. So kind of a fact-finding mission There you uh, go. to go up there and, and see what's going on so we can put in some of those best practices at the annual meeting this June. All right, Amy, let's jump into it. We mentioned it at the top of the show. We have a new first vice president announced candidate. Anthony Dockery from California will be nominated by Marshall Blaylock. That's right. So Anthony Dockery is the pastor of St. Stephen Baptist Church in La Puente, California. He's been there since 2008. Can you say that again? La Puente. La Puente, California. Yes. Very nice. Uh, He has a quote, uh, I would guess this is a quote from Marshall Blaylock, a heart to serve Christ and a proven track record of reaching people with the gospel. So he is, has been from all over from, uh, came from Florida, raised in Detroit, served in the military. So, yeah, got a you know, military e- background. everywhere. Yeah. It says a, as a pilot, he flew missions over three war theaters. So he's wow. been, yeah, he's been at St. Stephen Baptist since 1990 in a lot of roles, but has served as pastor since 2008. So there we go. Now we have two candidates for first vice president, mm-hmm. three candidates right. for second vice president, and of course, That's four. Right for president and we have all the way up until about five minutes before nomination or maybe 10 minutes before nomination to add to those numbers so still got a lot of time or subtract from those numbers fair point fair point you never what we get in these announcements are the intent to nominate yes and so you don't know until that moment in the meeting when the actual nominations are given but all right adding to it yep So we'll see if there are any more nominations coming in the next couple of weeks. We'll bring those to you, obviously, here on the podcast. So uh, be on the lookout for any more of that. We still don't have uh, the nominations for recording secretary. We only have one for registration secretary right now. So uh, still a couple of holes left to be filled. I assume that we'll be seeing those in short order. So some news uh, from North Carolina. We mentioned, I think it was on last week's podcast, Todd Unzicker announced as the nominee for the next executive directorship in the state of North Carolina. Well, the former North Carolina state executive director, Milton Hollifield, is moving over to NAM to assist in state convention partnerships. Yes, so not retired for long, I guess. Um, so he will be working with the North American Mission Board in a part-time role. 
Um, so still is, you know, still get to do some retirement. That's right. That's right. Still in retirement, but it's a part-time role. It will focus on strategic planning and strengthening partnerships between NAM and the state convention. So really it's taking his gifts, his ability. He can consult with state convention leaders. He can mentor, uh, because of all of his experience. So I think that's a, a, a really great thing and a, a good relational connection between NAM and state conventions. Yes, Milton is the, the quintessential statesman in the SBC. I, and, lo- uh, this, I love this role Milton Hollyfield, yes. And this role here kind of plays off of his, his strengths. So it's a, a yes. great fit for him, great fit for NAM uh, to assist in those. And uh, looking forward to seeing Milton around uh, doing things with NAM now. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's just one cool. of those things like you, these guys retire and you just don't want them to go away because, you know, you, we've, we've known Milton for a while and enjoy, you know, his company. So... Keep him involved in the SBC. So glad to see that. So congrats yeah. to him on that role over at NAM. Some news from Alabama, Amy. Judson College, they met last Friday on Good Friday. Uh, we dropped a pod earlier than the meeting, but uh, they voted to keep the school open after getting pledges of more than $1.25 million uh, to get the school on its way to opening for the fall. Yes. So we've, like you said, we've been tracking this for, for a little while, but they did have the vote in a special called board meeting and said after all the months of interviews, research, fundraising, and prayer, uh, they're going to step forward, you know, boldly step forward and say it, it, they're going to keep going. So this is, uh, so this is a big, big announcement, especially for those who are students of Judson, alumni, Alabama Baptists, uh, lots of, lots of people. So congrats on them for hitting that benchmark that they were looking to get to um, and, you know, staying open for the fall. So we were kind of wondering what was going to happen with Judson. We've been talking about it for a few months here on the podcast since that news broke in December. And uh, now we've got some kind of at least official word for the fall of 2021. All right, Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. That's right. Hey, good news here. CP still above budget and hit budget again last month in giving more than $15.7 million, almost $15.8 million was given through the cooperative program on the national level. And that keeps us 2.8% above budget. We are $2.6 million above budget through six months. So even in the wake of COVID-19 and the pandemic and everything that's going on with churches, churches are still being faithful to cooperative program giving. And we are above budget once again this month and also through the six month mark of the fiscal year. Yeah. So that's, that's very good. We keep watching. Um, but you know, after a year of really some concern about this in light of COVID-19, just really good to see the steadiness. Yes, absolutely. So we've also got the, uh, the designated giving total. That's still a little bit down. I know we talked about that a lot on last month's podcast, how much that was off from the previous year. Uh, but this year or this month, it was above the previous year. So we're kind of getting back to where it needs to be. I, I did see where Annie Armstrong giving is up 3% year over year. Uh, and you know, that, that should only increase because of the big slide that Annie took last year, uh, due to the pandemic hitting right at the, Annie Armstrong Easter offering time and uh, a lot of churches not being able to give it or not participating or just giving a lot less than they anticipated last year. So uh, that was a, still a strong offering right at $50 million, but uh, we'll expect that to be much higher this year in 2021. So keep an eye on that. All right. Then finally, Amy, we got some news from Liberty. 
Jonathan Falwell has moved into a role as campus pastor on the mountain. Yeah, so this came out this week. Um, he will replace David Nasser, who announced on Wednesday he is resigning from his position as Senior Vice President for Spiritual Development. So that will be uh, effective at the end of the semester. And so now, Jonathan Falwell, who obviously no stranger to Liberty University, will be the campus pastor. And that's a that's a real fit. He's pastor of Thomas Road Baptist Church. Obviously, this is his uh, his dad, Jerry Falwell Sr.'s school that he founded and, and uh, just kind of in lockstep there with the church. And so perfect fit, but yeah. big announcement. Yes, it is. And, and like you said, he's a pastor at Thomas Road Baptist. It's basically right across the street from the campus. And he will continue in that role at Thomas Road. This is just a way for him to be more involved in the university on an official level. And he'll be the campus pastor as well as the pastor at Thomas Road. So uh, not a change at Thomas Road, but a slight change at Liberty. All right, that's going to do it for our news this week. Another somewhat light week as uh, we get closer to the annual meeting. We are expecting things to, to kind of pick up steam and have more information for you as we get closer. And uh, we'll be doing, again, our big preview episode for the annual meeting. That'll be coming around the end of May. So we got about a month and a half before we get to that big episode that we preview the annual meeting. But that's going to do it for us, like I said, this week. And bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1950. Now, I was looking and I, I actually saw this Way and, back. and wondered if I had covered this before, but I went back looking and did not find it. So uh, if for some reason I, I did, we're just going to talk about it again because it's very interesting. I always enjoy this time of year because when you look back in old Baptist Press, issues, you see a lot of annual meeting prep, especially in the earlier times because yeah. the meeting was the meeting in May. The meeting was in May. Yeah. Right, right. So they were really getting getting ready. So there was a story about the hotel. Now, I've covered those types of things a lot about how people would stay in homes, they would stay in trains, you know, all that stuff. Well, this was a big, a big thing because in 1950, the headquarters hotel was in the largest hotel in the world at the time and largest city in the convention. So they were having the meeting in Chicago and uh, this is on, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes to the Baptist press issue, but it's on the last page where it talks about it's very interesting. So it was called the hotel Stevens in Chicago, Illinois. And so they were telling the messengers all about this place where they were going to stay for the convention hotel. And this is, is so fascinating. All the details about it. It said the hotel has 36 floors, 30 above ground, six below, like so six floors into the basement. It would take one person eight hours a day for 30 days to visit for five minutes each of the 3,000 rooms. There are 40 miles of carpet in the hotel, 3,000 employees, including 70 telephone operators. I'm going to guess that no hotel has 70 telephone operators anymore. Uh, I mean, I go in hotel rooms and don't even use the phone anymore. A day's menu in the hotel dining room includes a ton of butter, 1,000 dozen eggs, 10 steers, 10 cows, Jonathan, 10 steers. That is insane. It's a lot of steak. A ton of pork and fish, 20,000 hot rolls, a ton and a half of potatoes, 25 cases each of oranges, lettuce, celery, and tomatoes, 
and 35,000 cups of coffee flavored with 300 gallons of cream. That's for a day in the hotel dining room. That is insane. Yes. Can you imagine like every morning they're having to unload, you know, at like three or four in the morning, they're unloading this at the dock for that day. A thousand dozen eggs. It said the weather is always cool in Chicago during May and a light top coat needs to be brought by Southern Baptists to the convention. But if it gets hot, the hotel has an ice plant in the basement, which can make 25 tons of ice each day. 25 elevators manned by 75 operators would carry 107,000 people a day. One giant elevator is 10 feet high, 10 feet wide, 29 and a half feet long and could lift 10 tons. And the headquarters hotel has its own fire department, which is the only one of its kind in the world, a seven-room medical department. The laundry can wash 15,000 sheets every day and in one month would wash 32,500 shirts and 1,200,000 pounds of flat work to keep the linens clean. So quite a hotel to, to throw out to folks in 1950. And I did some looking. So the Hotel Stevens is actually now the Chicago Hilton. And there was a story in 2007 in Chicago Magazine about it. It was kind of this uh, this grand hotel that was opened in 1927. And then the depression hit a few years later. So there was kind of some scandals, uh, bankruptcy, criminal charges, uh, things like that. And then the interesting thing is the Stevens Hotel was started by J.W. Stevens, father of John Paul Stevens, Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. So very interesting history of it. But I just enjoyed this. We have all sorts of things. We have the the registration system. We have annual meeting websites. We have stuff that talk about the convention hotel, but they really rolled it out in 1950. And so they were talking about housing as usual this week in SBC history. All right. So I'm trying to figure out if I've stayed at this hotel because when my son and I went to Chicago for Memorial Day weekend of 2019, yeah, we stayed at a hotel like a very historic hotel. And I'm trying to see if this is actually the one that we stayed at because. Well, we, maybe this was it. it. It had like all the stuff you're talking about. Maybe this is it. It might have been. It's um, the Hilton, Hilton Chicago or Chicago yeah. Hilton. Yes. So it, it's entirely possible that that's the one we stayed at. It's really cool. Cause I tell you, there are some great. There's, I mean, there's a lot of great hotels everywhere, but they also are usually kind of a, a mold, you know, it's it's a it's all very similar. And these hotels that came out in the twenties and thirties, I mean, they really were grand hotels and set up in certain ways. And it's it's pretty neat to to stay in some of them. I've never stayed in the Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego, but every time I've been in San Diego, we go over there, we eat, we walk on the beach, and it's really fun to look at all that was done you know, in these hotels back then, kind of the special, unique features. All right. So, yes, this is the one that we stayed in. Very cool. It's exactly the one that we stayed in. And it was spectacular. And and, and you could tell that it was an old hotel. Like, I, I remember now, um, I had had enough points, and we were able to just stay there on points. So, yeah. it didn't cost us anything for two nights. It was great. But we stayed there, and, I mean, the it, it was – they had pictures on the walls of, like, presidents and everything – 
right. coming to to the Hilton Chicago. So I thought that was the hotel, and I went back and looked in my my well, uh, history you, here. And yeah, I've stayed there. Well, it's, now it's we an have, amazing hotel. Did did they have when they had the pictures on the wall of presidents? Did they have Southern Baptists from 1950? No, no, no. they did not. Okay, they, well, they, they did have like uh, Franklin Roosevelt and. Truman and like basically this is the hotel that when the presidents would come to Chicago they'd stay there. So and it, it was a spectacular yeah. hotel. It well, really was. It was very amazing. cool and it was it was where we were staying like well, seven awesome. seventy one years ago. It's still the third largest hotel in Chicago and still has the largest exhibit space or you know convention center space of any hotel in Chicago. And for that to be the case now after all the building that's been happening over the past, you know, I've, you know, 50, 70 years, whatever it is, 70 years from when we're talking about this, pretty incredible. Yeah, very, very much so. so. Yep. All right. Well, cool. I, I, and yes, I, I do recommend if you're in Chicago, you just go to the hotel and walk around in there because the lobby and everything, you'll see all the history of the hotel and it's, it's pretty spectacular. And I don't know, Amy, if there's pictures of Southern Baptist. If I've, I'd have known this, I would have looked and asked somebody maybe. Hey, do you have a picture of from 1950 when the Southern Baptist Convention met here? And they probably would have looked at me like I had two heads. Right, right. So but it's okay. someone should try. So yeah, someone should try. All right, cool. All right, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is a book that um, has been out for a few years, but I'm going through it right now. It is called Her Story, or it's kind of a, a takeoff on history. It's called Her Story, and it is... Uh, 366 devotions, one for every day of the year. It's by Diana Severance, who I believe is the director of the Bible Museum at Houston Baptist University. Okay. And it's, it's they have a, a museum? yeah, they do. Oh, um, okay. And so if I go to Houston anytime soon, I'll, you should, you should check it check out. That out. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's essentially a story every day of uh 20 of of women who made an impact in the christian church over you know over 21 centuries so it's so i i love it because i i I look at it i mean they're dated so it's super easy but it starts out with women that are in the bible mary and martha you know lydia all of those It, it moves into women in church history and then even gets to women in recent years so the contribution of women over church history is just it's just a really, really great thing to read and to learn about and meaningful to me. And so I wanted to share that because I think it's an excellent, excellent resource, something that I love. A friend gave it to me a couple of years ago and I actually waited. You don't have to wait until January 1st to start it because it's dated. You can just jump in where it is. But uh, but I waited until January 1st this year to do it. And I'm I'm very, very blessed by it and learning about a lot of women that I did not know anything about. So I wanted to just share that and the link will be in the show notes. So Her Story by Diana Severance. That's awesome, Amy. Sounds like a great resource. My resource of the week is actually, it's kind of a story and a a store. How about that? So there was a story in Baptist Press this week about a store in Charleston, West Virginia, which is the capital city. That is run by Resurrection Church members, Katie and Cleve Persinger. They, they're co-owners yes. of the store. They run it. And uh, Persinger's good friends of the pod. And the store is called Buck and Betty. And it's been featured in Southern Living Magazine, Amy, as right. one of the South's best things That's right. in 2021. Not, not How about just, that? Not just a, like, this is a special issue every year so it's not just like hey there was a thing in southern living about them 
the best of the South is a, it's an issue I wait for every year. I mean, I just love it. And so to be in that, it's pretty cool. That's like high praise right there. Yes. If you're the best in the South from Southern living. Yes. That's like being named best golfer by Golf Digest. It's pretty awesome. I mean, like it's pretty big deal. It makes me want to, it makes me want to go up to West Virginia just to to go, which it I I it's beautiful driving through West Virginia. I love it. I but, love West Virginia, but I, I absolutely and Charleston is one of my favorite cities. Right. It's a very underrated city. Right, it's got a great food scene. It's yeah. got an incredible museum from the state, uh, like the state museum. There is awesome. Yeah, and it's just a really cool town. They got a little double A baseball park that they've got there. Maybe it's single A. I'm not sure. But they've got a um, a great little baseball park and area right. around that with some great and restaurants. They also I mean, it's, have it's a cool town. And also Buck and Betty. And Buck so, and Betty. That's right. Which is best of the South, by the way. And yep. uh, so it's it's like a it's it's called fancy and staple goods. It's like home decor, those kind of things, plus some you know nicer uh, clothing type things. You know, kind of refined country clothing. That's right, so to speak. So uh, you can check it out. It's uh, Buck and Betty is the name of the store. The story is at Baptist Press, and we, we talk about that in Baptist Press. So it gives you the, the history and basically the Persingers, their connection to Southern Baptist life, why they started this, why they moved to West Virginia. Uh, Cleve is on staff at the state convention, and uh, Katie helps out a lot with the summit, and she'd been worked there before and actually helps out with J.D. Greer Ministries right now as well. So uh, good friends of our pod here and um we've we've hung out with them i've been to the west virginia meeting and hung out with cleve cleve's done a great job at west virginia with their branding and everything so i'm a big fan of uh, west virginia baptist and i'm also a big fan of buck and betty so do check that out all right all right hey real quick amy before we go we want to give a big shout out to a an unknown friend of the pod before last week right not me i know who he is but i, oh. I actually i got a couple i've never met him Yes, we got a couple of friend of the pod shout outs. So you get okay. you give that one, which I'm very excited about, and I was going to do that, and then I got one more. All right, so Stephen Reagan at Riverside Baptist in Greer, South Carolina. Yes. Gets a shout out this week. He sent us a little gift from his church, and it's incredible. And I, I tweeted about it. I think you even tweeted about yours or I put, put it on Facebook. On Instagram. Or Instagram. I put mine on Instagram, yes. Yeah, so they sent us a mug that says decisions are made by those who show up. Yes, they did. We each got one. It's amazing. So I didn't tell you this when we when we talked because you you opened yours first. You yes. You guys Facetime me. You Facetime me from the office, and I had not gotten mine yet. Mine came at the end of the day. But just I got that, mine first. Just that morning, for reasons I don't even know, randomly, I thought. This is my favorite saying. I don't have a shirt or a mug or anything. And I had done a Google search that morning. And I didn't tell you this to see if there was a mug with that on it. And I was That's thinking awesome. about ordering it. And then it came that day. So, Same mug? So, I mean, there were like three or four different oh, okay. ones. but It's just one of those where it's like it's a saying that, that yes, people put yes. on there and they do all So I have to tell you, I mean, it was weird that it came on that day. So Stephen Reagan, he hit the target. Yes. Yes. So very that is excited. So awesome. Thank you for that. That's uh that it really is one of my favorite sayings. I, I did a tweet thread this week about it. Um, about how decisions are made by those who show up, but we actually can show up every day and make decisions every day about how we're gonna be a part of this cooperation and how we're gonna um care for one another and treat each other, things like that. And so I I think it, it just fit this week. See, right. I didn't know you knew Stephen. 
But it makes I just sense. Know, South no, Carolina. I just know you, him from, no, I don't know him oh, personally. I know him from Twitter. Yeah. Well, I know him from Twitter, but I don't know him. Like, know him, know him. Well, I would okay. expect him to get a we're gift gonna in the need, mail. We're going to need to meet in person. We need to meet yes. Stephen in person. Yes. Well, I'm sure he's going to show up this summer that, and we'll meet him. We hope so. I mean, this, the saying has connected with him, so we yes. hope he will. All right. Exactly. I, I, I need to do another shout out for a friend of the pod. Okay. Don Elborn, who is a pastor in Mississippi, I believe, has started a Facebook group for the Southern Baptist Computer Users Association. We started something, Jonathan. Bringing it back. I just joined it. Oh, no. I did. I got to find this thing. I got to find this thing. I just joined it. I'll send you an invite to it. You answer some questions. And what I put in the question was, I don't know that I have much to contribute to this group, but I think the history is fun. And I can just tell you this. I've already gone in there. Patrick Watts is is in there and um, a few others. I'm already seeing from the posts and comments that I, I truly do not have much to contribute to this group. <laughs> so is it more like really techie stuff? Yes. I may be able to contribute to this. So... Um, but I just said, at I least think, one of us can, but I said, I think the history is fun because I knew that I wouldn't have much to contribute. So I probably won't say much in there because I don't wow. even understand the, like, there's a picture of, I, I don't even know what this picture is. He's holding up. Uh, it looks like maybe a, a motherboard of something or a l- small motherboard. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe they can help me figure out how to get the new OS installed onto my computer that is saying that. It needs to be partitioned or something. Maybe so. I don't know what's going on. I can't update my old Mac. I've got an older Mac that I've got that's that's clean and ready to use, but I can't get the operating system up to the levels that I need to well, do this, things. This so. could be the place because they've made it really clear. It's not a theology discussion or a debate group, anything else. It's all off topic. This is specifically for... Uh, networking and resourcing Southern Baptists with a special interest in using computers and related technologies to advance the gospel and the work of the ministry. And they have a, he found a picture of the old Southern Baptist Computer Users Association. Wow. So what I felt like was I can't contribute much to this group, but I just felt like I had to join it after the last few weeks. So, right. well, it's, just, it's networking about networking, maybe. There you go. So on that note, on that note, I just want you to, at this point, it's got 10 members. You got to answer a few questions to, to, to get in just what's your church, all that. Um, But I wanted to give a shout out on that too. Okay. All right. I got one final thing then. You reminded me of something. So last week, your history moment, we were talking about the church secretary institute. Yes. So good friend of the pod, Elizabeth Hindman. Yes. Texted me. Last Friday afternoon, she'd listened to the podcast and said, you're not going to believe this, but when I got, first got hired as a church secretary, I don't know I don't know how long ago that was, 10 years ago maybe, I don't know. She's been at Lifeway for a while, but yeah. she said, they told me about this and they made this like a really big deal. So Southern, this Institute thing, I guess it's still been happening. I don't know who was putting it on at that time. I don't know if it's still happening today, obviously, but right. the people, whenever they hired her, like, yeah, you'll get to go to Louisville. And get to go to this institute and training, and it talks all about all this stuff. She said it was hilarious. She said she had no idea what they were talking That's about. That's great. And she never it's got to go. Yeah. But but it was this professional development thing that they were all fired up about and stuff. She's I, like, I know exactly what that was. That's fantastic. So, I love I love professional development. I really, really do. I'm a huge fan of it. I think people should pursue it. Even when there's not something offered to them, they should find a way. And I think it's really cool. So 
Lots of shout outs to friends of the pod every week. So talk to us, reach out to us. When we say things and talk about it, we love to hear what people have to say uh, about it. Absolutely. And if you want to send us mugs, you can find our addresses. Or start Facebook groups based on things that we talk about. We'll join them. So Yes, absolutely. So somebody help me with my Mac OS, please. All right. So that's going to do it for our show this week. Again, we mentioned it earlier. We'll have a big annual meeting preview episode coming in late May. So get you ready for the annual meeting in June. So that should be a, a fun one there. And we're wrapping up all those finalizations of all the events and everything. We should have a a schedule and we're hitting some of those deadlines coming up soon. Don't forget next Thursday, the 15th of April, resolutions open. So you'll be able to find out more about that over at the SBC annual meeting site. Just go to sbc.net slash resolutions and there's a a link to the submission portal. So there's a couple of things you got to do when you do that. Uh, A reminder, it's not just, hey, here's my resolution. That's right. You have to get a letter from your church saying that you are a qualified messenger and can submit a resolution. Yeah, that or that you submit are one. qualified to be a messenger. You yes, do not yes. have to be at exactly. the annual meeting in order to submit. Now, only a submitter whose resolution has been declined, only the submitter could actually try to appeal that from the floor in that process. But in terms of if you submit, you don't have to be going to the annual meeting, but you do have to be eligible to be a messenger if you were going. And so there yes. are some qualifications you must meet. So there's all that information is already at the website. The submission portal is not open yet, but you can go ahead and look now to prepare yeah. if you have something you want to yes. send. So we'll, we'll have that, uh, that form as well that you have to have filled out by your church when you submit your resolution. We'll have that up soon. So I'm going to make some changes to that, some updates to it. So uh, we'll get that up there online probably next week and you'll be able to get that taken care of at your church when you submit your resolution. So got to come in together and uh, there's also, you can also mail them in, but those things have to come in together. So uh, we can verify that you are a potentially qualified messenger, or at least someone who is qualified to be a messenger. That's right. An actual Southern Baptist. So that's to keep people from who aren't Southern Baptist from submitting resolutions for Southern Baptist. Yeah, so, yeah, just as a matter of process. The, the the committee doesn't need to be sifting through things that that couldn't, you know, couldn't come from a registered messenger. It's in the interest of time and to make it fit. All right, so that's going to do it for our show this week, Amy. It's been fun. Again, uh, for those of you going to Gospel Coalition Conference, look for us up there in uh, Indianapolis next week. We'll be around and uh, see our friends at Southwestern, our good episode sponsor and podcast sponsor each and every week here on SBC This Week. And Amy... I'll see you next week. See you next week.